This podcast is the message from Sunday, July 23rd, 2023, given by Pastor Chris Becker on Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Chris Becker. I'm retired. Um, uh, Some of you maybe recognize me. I was here for about 14 months as an interim uh, pastor, uh, and uh, fell in love with this community, have encouraged people that I know who live in this area to go here, to come and visit. Um, so I'm here. Uh, pastor Kevin is away with some high school youth at Outlaw Ranch, and uh, the other two pastors are, are on vacation, uh, but they are around to take calls for emergency. And so Pastor Kevin said, hey, can you come and just preach this Sunday? And I said, sure, I'm going to a Twins game later in the day, but uh, I'm okay in the morning. Um, this is an interesting parable. You've, like I said, you probably had the parable of the sower of the seeds. Now, parables, by the way, is just a name for a style of telling a story. And when I was growing up, parables were always said this. They, they are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And when I was growing up, I go, I have no clue what that means. And now that I'm sort of grown up, I still think, I'm not quite sure what that means. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Even the disciples, I'm in good company, when the sower of the seed comes along, they said, uh, yeah, Jesus, that's great, but we have no clue what that means. And this one today, they said the same thing. Can you please tell us? Basically, you know, you're talking in code language and we have no idea what this means. So parables are an ancient form of storytelling way before Jesus. But Jesus, in Matthew's gospel especially, uses them in his teaching. Matthew loves to talk about Jesus as the teacher. And so Jesus is using his rabbinic style uh, uh, of teaching and using parables to, to present his message. And the message about the sower and the seed and this one with the weed wheat and the weeds, is about the kingdom of God, or Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven. They're they're interchangeable. And what's interesting is that the people who hear this first time, uh, the people of Israel, remember, they're under oppression. They have a government, a foreign government, that's ruling them, telling them what to do, even when they can worship, and what practices they have, and what taxes they have to pay. And they're, they're not the power of the world. They're not the economic or the political power of the world or the social power. And when they heard Jesus talk about the kingdom of God being restored, you know what was on their mind was, oh, good. Our political, economic, and social power is going to come back, and we'll be in charge. And that's far from what Jesus means when he talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. He's not talking about a political or economic or social kind of change of power. He's talking about a quality of life that is in us and through us. And so we hear that phrase, the kingdom of God, is not about the end of the world. You know, there's a lot of books written about that. Oh, the end of the age must be the end of the world, the destruction of the world, and all the science fiction movies. I'm a science fiction nut. I love these things. But that's not what this is about. It's about God coming into our lives 
and, and bringing something new. Now, now, Jesus says. So this is the parable of the, of the wheat and the weeds. Parable is not just about the world around us, like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Uh, society is going to change. There's not going to be more, any more wars. But it's, I believe, and, and this is what parables are, they, they become like can openers, and they open up this can of imagination, this fruit of imagination in each of us. And so some days we may be reading a parable and understanding it one way, and we may be hearing something different another time. And that's what they were meant to, to stir up in us, uh, a reflection and a thought. And so I think, at least, one of the thoughts, perhaps, that I've had is that this is not about out there, but what's inside, like I said to the children. That perhaps the field is me, and what's in me is wheat and weeds, both and. Now, this is not just complexing. This is really hard to admit. Again, I, as I said, I come from a German background, uh, a male German background, and one of the things you don't do is admit when you need help. Because we Germans know how to fix everything, yeah? And, and we're, we're stubbornly independent. So in this story, is Jesus calling me to first of all identify the wheat and the weeds both in me? Carl Jung said that when we examine ourselves and reflect on ourselves and we see the dark side, he calls it, this dark side, those things that others don't like about us or that we do that's not healthy uh, for ourselves, the dark side, when we name that, not, not try to bury it or deny it, we do that well, but when we do that, we don't move towards getting healthier. What we do is we just mask everything. But he says if we can name it and say, okay, this is who I am. I'm both light and darkness. Then we are moving towards being a whole person, he calls it, a healthier maybe person. But that's really hard to do, to admit my faults, my failings. We said that in the confession, but those are words that we go by. Do we ever just sit down for a moment without watching television or listening to news or anything like that and just say, what did I do today? What did I say today? What did I think today? that has not and was not healthy for me or for others around me. Do you ever watch Happy Days? Remember, I'm old enough to know this. Some of you young people don't. But they, I, I was the Richie Cunningham, by the way. I was, I, that's who I was growing up. And I hung around with Paul Bonaguidi, who was the Fonz. And, and the Fonz back in that TV show had a leather jacket, and he was the tough guy. You know, his hair was slicked back, and he was the tough guy. And he never admitted when he made a mistake, but when he did, he would do this. He would finally be forced to go like this. Well, I'm uh, 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 uh. I'm uh. He couldn't say it. He couldn't say, I'm sorry. And we laugh about it, but isn't that us? It's hard for us to say to someone else, I made a mistake. I didn't do what I wanted to do, and I did the things that I should not. In this story, it calls us, it forces us to look inside and say, we are both wheat and weeds, good and bad, good and evil. We have thoughts that are scary to ourselves and to others. 
We have words that we say that we wish we wouldn't have said. We have actions that we have done or not done that have not lived out what it means to be a child of God. We have those weeds within us. God knows that. And so what happens is that we need to know it as well. I said at 8.30 in the service, I have a grandson who's 16. One of my grandsons are 16. And this grandson, um, just a few months ago, didn't come home for about four days. And we didn't know where he was. His parents at one time were tracking his cell phone. By the way, you can do that. Did you know you can do that? And, uh, uh, and they had always an idea, but he found out how to undo that. And so they didn't know where he was. They asked around. They called frantically to friends. They finally had to fill out a police report. Our son is missing. He wasn't showing up at school. They tried everything over the years. He's gone to individual counseling, family counseling, school counselors, social workers, sports teams. He was a great wrestler, played football, thought all that would really help. And yet he just had this in what inside of him that just made life for himself and for others horrible. So he ran away. When we finally figured out where he was and figured out how to get him to a safe place, my daughter and son-in-law were at their end, wit's end. We've tried everything. What do we do? He would come and live with us for a few days. We live on a hobby farm with animals and stuff like that, and that seemed to be therapeutic, but it didn't change him. He could not see within him what he was doing to himself or to others. And so they desperately, at the last resort, they found a, a group home, a live-in treatment center for youth, troubled youth, out of state. And they took him there. And after a month, he was allowed to make some contact, and we contact, we, we talked to him, we FaceTimed him, actually. And I said, how's it going? Are you learning anything about yourself? And after five weeks, he still is not able to say, this is what's happening within me. That's how hard it is to examine the, we the weeds within each and every one of us. If we don't have the supporting cast around us, and if we come out and say, here's what's in me, and we, and we don't trust people, we could, we could be attacked, we could be shunned, we could be just sent away. But this is a faith community, a community that says, didn't, didn't we sing it in the first song? Was I mistaken? What, what were the words? Gather us in all, all those elements, haughty, rich, poor, whatever, it wasn't say, gather us in all like-minded people. Gather us in all the people who are really nice. It's gather. God is always finding ways to gather this strange, unorthodox group of people who understand what it means to be both wheat and weeds at the same time. And if that is the beginning of healing, because it can't be the only place we go, because if that's all there is, we should be like the song, then just break out the booze and keep on dancing, right? Because if all we are stuck with forever and ever is that we are wheat and weeds, and that struggle is going to be every single day, 
There is no hope in that lifestyle. Hope is not found in both of those living side by side. Hope is when we, we pray where one is taken away and one remains, and the wheat is what we pray for to remain. And that's why this parable has to move towards the end of the parable where Jesus says, yes, the weed and the wheats are going to grow up together. They're going to be there. But do not take them apart yet. Wait until the harvest. There is a harvest coming, Jesus says. This is not at the end of the age like some people will read this and say, ah, good, I know where I'm going. I don't know where you're going, or at least I think I know where you're going. You're going to the fire. I'm not, because I am so good. <laughs> In fact, I'm not maybe perfect, but I'm 60% good, and I'm certainly not any worse than you are. So collectively, we're okay, right? Or we men do this. We try to fix it. Okay, I'm just going to outdo it by doing our more good than bad within me. And so by that time, God's going to say, well, good, he's got more good and bad. That's not how Jesus sees this. Jesus sees it that there's a harvest coming, and the harvester, the one who does the harvesting, is the God who is in charge of this world. Not me, not you, not any ideological thought pattern. But God is the one in charge. And God's way of dealing with wheat and wheat is to bring a harvest where eventually the qualities of wheat are exposed to their fullest. So where does that leave me now? Still in a struggle? Hope for someday, someday, sometime? Because Jesus doesn't say when it's coming. Could it be coming now, today? Maybe it leaves me with this, that God is willing to accompany me in the struggle and willing to finally, finally show me what wheat looks like. That's where a community comes in. This is no magic thing. Where you help me understand the direction of the wheat I don't know if you know this, but in the Bible, these weeds were not just bad-looking things that crawl on the ground. They were poisonous. They killed you. Eventually, they will kill you. Jesus comes along and says, let me show you the wheat, the life-sustaining growth. And so I have people around me, or I look for people around me. Who, who help me, be honest with me as they are honest about themselves, who encourage me, who hold me accountable. It's not an ugly word. It's a word that says, is this what you really want to do? Who remind me of God's way, direction, so that I, as a child of God, am loved, am never alone, is part of my life actions. I desire to move in that direction, even though I have weeds in me, that sometimes will battle that. I desire, and God says, I will be the one who will harvest and bring about the harvest. You don't have to worry about that, Chris. I will be the one coming to attend and uphold the wheat within each and every one of us. The hope is in God acting, not me trying to figure it out and get out of it myself.
but God acting within me, within you, so we can be more wheat in our words, more wheat in our thoughts, and more wheat in our actions every day. That's my prayer for you. You demonstrate that here with food, yes. You demonstrate it with your concern for one another and for the community you live in, with fellow students and fellow co-workers, living to understand rather than to judge, accepting rather than discarding, finding in each and every person the wheat that God has planted. May God give you that courage and strength and direction. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Farmington Lutheran Church, its ministries, and how to connect to this part of the body of Christ by going to farmingtonlutheran.com. Peace be with you.